chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the free agent frenzy has begun. It began early at 9 a.m. You know what, Chapman? We've got a lot to get to. We're not going to get to all of it. And we're going to talk right off the bat about some Golden Knights news. Nothing has officially come through just yet, but we are going to spend a considerable amount of time with Vegas Golden Knights in this first segment. But before we get there, Chapman, what time did you wake up today? Uh, I was up about 7 a.m. All right, 7 a.m. Let me ask you this question. Yes. How quickly after you woke up did you grab your phone and open up Twitter to find out what is going on in the NHL? Probably at 7.01. Maybe not even. 7.01. I mean, I mean, it was okay. like I my alarm, my alarm went off at 7 and... I was looking at the phone right after I hit stop on on the alarm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. how, however long that takes, but uh, yeah, it was it was. I I mean, I've been on Twitter all day, and and uh, it's it's been fun. It's been exciting, and uh, now it's <laughs> it's gone to a whole new level, Ryan. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating what has been going on surrounding free agency in the NHL. There have been quite a few trades we're going to get there there's been quite a few dollars moved around and thrown at players Uh, and then there's the curious case of maybe the three biggest fish on the market today in the nhl johnny goodrow there's something trickling in on johnny goodrow nothing official yet but it seems like johnny hockey may have made his decision and it feels like it's off the board as right now elliot friedman is reporting that johnny goodrow is going to the columbus blue jackets if that is the case and if it kind of if it comes out officially boy oh boy are we going to have some conversations about that one chapman because it kind of defies the logic of the decision-making of Johnny Gaudreau not staying in Calgary. So we'll get there, I promise, as we check on that breaking news to see uh, if that is indeed official or when the official word comes down that Johnny Gaudreau has made a decision. We will get there, we promise. Uh, but John Klingberg still on the market. Uh, you got Andre Palat still on the market. Nazem Kadri still on the market. There are still a lot of players, high-end players, players that are going to command quite a cap hit on the market right now. And, you know, the fact of the matter is we're not going to spend too much of, t- of our time right now talking about that because of some of the news that came out a little while ago surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights. 
We all recognize and understand on this program that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to have to shed salary. We've been talking about it nonstop for perhaps the last week or so. Going into the draft, there were certainly ideas, certainly thoughts that the Golden Knights might move, make a trade to get rid of some salary going into free agency, going into the offseason. The fact of the matter is, the Golden Knights right now are sitting with a roster that they need to try to do a couple of things with. First and foremost, the most important thing that the Vegas Golden Knights need to do in this offseason, in my opinion, my estimation, they have to get cap compliant. And I don't mean cap compliant by utilizing LTIR. Like, that option exists because of the trade of Evgeny Dodonov for the contract of Shea Weber. That money will go into LTIR, and it will allow the Golden Knights to operate, quote, over the salary cap. Though Shea Weber is not going to play a game for the Vegas Golden Knights, it gives them flexibility to the tune of $5 million. But with that $5 million, the Golden Knights were going to have to make some tough decisions. You've got restricted free agent Keegan Colasar, Nick Waugh. You've got restricted free agent in Nick Haig. All of those players need new contracts. And make no mistake about it, when you're the Golden Knights and you have a team that I think is a little bit more veteran-laden, You want to try to take care of that next wave, that next layer of talent that's coming up. You need money to sign those restricted free agents. If you're looking to bring back Riley Smith, which we've seen reports that the Golden Knights are likely looking to do that, then you needed to move more than just the $5 million you freed up in the Dodonov trade. It's just that simple. It is math. You had to do it. And it appears as though the Vegas Golden Knights may have done that. Now, take this for what it's worth. It's been reported widely by a lot of the connected insiders in the NHL. First reported by Elliot Friedman, Frank Saravelli's jumped on it, Darren Dreger's jumped on it. It feels like this is a done deal. However, there's been nothing official yet from the Vegas Golden Knights and nothing official yet from the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm sorry, from the Carolina Hurricanes. I keep seeing threads on John, and it's really, really astounding to me that Johnny Gautreau is is selecting the Columbus Blue Jackets. But anyway, there is nothing official yet from the Vegas Golden Knights, nothing official yet from the Carolina Hurricanes. But the trade that was out there that was widely reported for the Vegas Golden Knights is Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin to Carolina for future considerations. Now, there's been an idea floated, and again, nothing official yet. Nothing official from the NHL, nothing official from the two teams involved in the trade. But there are ideas floated out there that Martin Natchez might be in the deal. Future considerations from the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't know if Vegas is getting a player back. I don't know if the Golden Knights, when all of this is official, if it's going to look a little bit different for the Vegas Golden Knights, that's why I want to try to pump the brakes as much as possible right now and attack this from an angle that is purely dollars and cents. And you can make the argument, right? You can make the argument that if you're spending that, you're going to put yourself in an uncomfortable position. You're going to have to make tough decisions. If you spend the cap in search of a Stanley Cup, 
there's always going to be a give and take. There's always going to be a moment where everything comes to a head. And it feels like in covering this team, those moments have come over the last two off-seasons. In making the decision to stick with Robin Leonard and moving on from Marc-Andre Fleury. And having to dump that salary in order to try to improve the team. And if this proposed trade does indeed go through, if this is a situation where what's reported actually comes to be once everything is official, then you look at it and you say, okay, you recognize the Golden Knights needed to move out space, something to the tune of $7.7 million. You think there's a handshake agreement deal in place with Riley Smith at $5 million average annual value. So that gives you almost $8 million to take care of Nick Waugh, to take care of Nick Haig, to take care of Keegan Colasar, to take care of most likely Brett Howden, because I think that there's kind of an idea that maybe in the same vein that you're going to take care of Riley Smith, you're also going to take care of uh, Brett Howden. But then you start to ask yourself the question, and I've heard it, I've seen it already on Twitter. How are you making yourself better? How are you going to replace the goals for Max Pacioretty? Well, I'm going to tackle both of those. Replacing the goals of Max Pacioretty is not going to happen with one guy. It's not going to happen with two guys. It's not going to happen with three. And I've seen kind of the obvious answer there, Brendan Brisson. Let's give him some time, guys. Let's give Brendan Brisson a little bit of time to play in the AHL. And make no mistake about it. If Brendan Brisson goes to rookie camp and he's phenomenal, if Brendan Brisson has himself a fantastic preseason... There's no reason why he doesn't get a look now, right? For a team in the Golden Knights that I think a lot of fans have been clamoring for one draft pick to come in and make an impact, this is the first line, the first time in this organization's history where there's a legitimate pathway for a high draft pick to come in and make a difference. It's the first time, and yet... We're angry about it. Yet, there's a degree of unrest with the potential that this is an actual trade. That the Golden Knights could move $7.7 million and have it just be moving $7.7 million. Allowing this organization to have a little bit of flexibility that they did not have over the last two years. And again, you can make the argument, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong, that it was self-inflicted, that they have gotten themselves here. But again, every single fan of every other team out there in the NHL right now always wants their team to make a big splash at the trade deadline or in free agency. And you cannot say the Golden Knights have not tried to do that. They have tried to do that and they have done that every single year that they have been a franchise. Asset management, we can get there. Probably not today, but we can get there once everything's official. But you're not replacing the goal scoring of Max Pacioretty with one guy. It's going to be by committee. It's going to be banking on a healthy Mark Stone. Because if Mark Stone's healthy, he should score 30 goals in the NHL. Team captain, electric player, he has to be penciled in for 30 goals. You look at Jack Eichel. I don't know about you, Chapman. I don't know about you when it comes to what your expectations are for Jack Eichel next year. I think we're looking at a 40-goal score. 
At, 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 a, at a minimum, you know that he's a, he's a playmaker. You know that he's got the, the penchant for setting up teammates. But I think Jack Eichel is going to have to be a 40-goal scorer for this team. And I do think that he has the talent and the goods to make that happen. I do. Then, if you're, if you're looking for a player that can seamlessly fill into or, or seamlessly get more out of Bruce Cassidy's system, what well, has to be William Carlson. If you keep Riley Smith, what are you penciling in for? 20 goals? William Carlson, you're hoping that he gets somewhere in the ballpark of 20 goals. You love him to be around 25. Jonathan Marchessault, pretty consistently a 30-goal scorer. I do think that by committee, the Golden Knights, as constructed, if they come to deals with all their restricted free agents, I do believe that the Golden Knights can mitigate some of the loss from Max Pacioretty's goal scoring. Well, Ryan, I'm going to... However... However, it's going to take the Golden Knights buying in completely to what Bruce Cassidy is going to want to do with them. This is not going to be run-and-gun hockey with Vegas. It is not going to be a team that's looking to outscore its problems. You're not going to have the same type of feel when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights in saying that, okay, if they fall down by a couple of goals, they're going to be able to come back and win a game 5-4 to four or 6-4 to four or whatever the case may be. This is going to be Golden Knights hockey that's in the, in the realm of 2-1, to 3-2. to two. This is a team that's going to look to win by playing outstanding defense, and it's also a team that's going to bank on goaltending being a difference maker. And while that's the plan, it, it's an understandable situation that a team with cap issues would look at a $7 million winger on the last year of his deal who has not played a full season as the first option to be moved. What were you going to say, Chapman? Well, there's a lot to unpack here, Ryan. And I'm, I'm going to uh, take take a, a phrase from Darren Millard. And we had a promo mm-hmm. running where he talked about pessimistic street. Well, the, okay. the, the problem here is you are relying on a lot of ifs in order to be good next year, in order to be a contender. The, the the reality of the situation is let's let's look at this real from from a realistic standpoint. Mark Stone, your captain, is coming off of a major back injury which required surgery in the offseason. We have no idea how that's going to pan out. So right away, there's there's a possibility that your your best all around player might not be fully healthy. You just have to look at that from Well your best all around your your best your best all around players, Jack Eichel. Well, but but your cap I I, I let me rephrase that. The the heart and soul of your team, your captain, this mm-hmm. team is completely different when Mark Stone is on the ice as opposed to when he's not on the ice. Fingers crossed that Mark Stone is recovers completely and he's fully healthy and mm-hmm. he's able to go. Because if he's not, all the stuff that we just talked about, in in my opinion, means nothing because you will never be able to replace what Mark Stone brings to this team. Secondly, we, we're, we're, we're looking for William Carlson, who unfortunately has has not really... He's never going to be a 43-goal scorer. 
right? I mean, I think I think we we can all agree that 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 was not who he is. He's he's a guy who you need to get twenty to twenty five goals out of. Unfortunately, his production seems to have declined every year. We, we we're going to have to hope that Riley Smith is able to bounce back and and provide fifteen to twenty goals. Look, I if if you ask me. Who is more valuable to the team, Riley Smith or Max Pacioretty? I I, I love Max. I, I love his offensive production. I love the fact that he's never afraid to shoot. But Riley Smith is is a more valuable player because of what he brings to the table. He he can kill penalties. You can use him as as a power play guy. He he fits really well with with Marcia So and Carlson. So I, I I think in that regard Riley is is more valuable, and that's really what I think this came down to is who's more valuable to this team right now. You have a guy who you're going to potentially re-sign for a couple more years, as opposed to a guy who enters the last year of his contract that you're paying seven million dollars. Well, I, I I think that's a no-brainer, but I think what the the way I I have approached this trade. I I am and and again as you said nothing's been official. Look, if they get Martin Netches back, then then I don't think it's as bad as as we 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 are looking at right now the future considerations. But mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people will be able to relate to this. When I was eighteen, I got a credit card. My limit was a thousand dollars. Within about six months. I blew through that $1,000. I bought all sorts of cool stuff. I bought a bunch of CDs. I bought a plane ticket and went to the Bahamas. I did because I thought it was free money. Well, there was a time when <laughs> I hit that limit. You, you went to the Bahamas? I went to the Bahamas, yes. This was 20, oh 25 years ago, something like that, about that, 25 years ago. Living, living free, Chad. Living, yeah, living well, free. well, so I thought until I got a, a, a letter from from Visa telling me that I owe them $1,000 and I hadn't paid my bill in three months and they were going to send the $1,000 plus interest to collection. I had to pay the piper. I bought all the shiny new stuff. I went out and I thought I was living the high life of luxury. And then reality hit that. I needed to pay for all that stuff. It wasn't free money. It wasn't cash. It was a credit card. And with a 25% interest rate, it ended up being a lot more than $1,000 that I spent. So I, I, I think the analogy here is the Golden Knights were a team that had a blank credit card, and they went out and they maxed it out. And now they're paying the interest on that maxed out credit card, no pun intended. Uh, so it, it, it sucks. You hate to see a team give up a guy. I mean... Pacioretty played 39 games last year. In those 39 games, he was he was two goals away from being your second leading scorer on the team, goal scorer on the team. You already traded the guy yeah. who was the third leading goal scorer on the team. That's a lot of production that you're going to have to make up, and and hopefully between Eichel and a healthy Stone, you make that up. But even if you break even, you didn't win enough games. You didn't outscore enough teams to make the playoffs, so you're going to need to get more production from guys who really did not produce uh, enough goals for this team last year it's a it's a tough mm-hmm. day and it's a reckoning i think in some aspects but the team is not terrible you still have a guy who's a point of game player in jack eichel i mean those guys don't grow on trees mm-hmm. so i it, it sucks and and yeah there there, there could be a, a a point next year where we're looking at this saying oh my god this team is playing some really ugly hockey but if they're winning who cares 
You know, it, it's interesting because you you look at Max Pacioretty, 97 goals for the Vegas Golden Knights in, in his tenure with this team. Uh, that sits fourth on the all-time Golden Knights goal-scoring list behind Jonathan Marshall, so William Carlson, and Riley Smith. Just one back of Riley Smith. So, you know, you you got the production you were hoping for, looking for, for Max Pacioretty. But again, it's one of those situations where you have to make tough decisions. And, and you, again, how you got there, Chapman, your credit card analogy is a good one because, you, you know, the Golden Knights front office tried their best to bring in the talent that they felt could help this team win a Stanley Cup. And it's part of what makes last year sting so much. Right, because if you were able to get to the playoffs, you were able to get the, to the playoffs with Max Pacioretty, with Mark Stone, with Jack Eichel, with all of the toys, all of the pieces that you assembled that you believed could get you over the hump. And it's unfortunate that they didn't get there. But I, I do think that in in the context of this organization and and where they're moving, where they're headed, especially when it comes to today's NHL. You need a little bit more speed, right? You need to get a little bit younger, right? And you need to have something that sets you apart. And and I think, you know, when you look at Colorado, specifically the Colorado Avalanche, they won their Stanley Cup not by going out there and outscoring all of their issues. They got there by playing some of the best defensive hockey you're going to see a team play, especially in the Stanley Cup final. And and I don't think that the path forward for Vegas is by trying to fill the net. And that might not be what fans want to hear. You might want to see 5-4-6-4-6-7-8-9 hockey. You might be clamoring for that. But let me ask you this question. Did it work for the Florida Panthers? Did it work For the Toronto Maple Leafs, did it work? For any of the teams that were there among the leaders in goals scored outside of Colorado who figured out that in the playoffs, you got to dial it back. In the playoffs, you got to find a way to play solid defensive structure. And if the Golden Knights are going to adhere to what Bruce Cassidy does best, buy in to what Bruce Cassidy coaches best, it is defense first. Everything else will sort itself out. You are going to have questions now when it comes to the power play. You're going to have to figure out a winning combination. And frankly, you have taken away your best threat. Again, once this all is official and nothing's been announced officially yet from the Vegas Golden Knights or the Carolina Hurricanes. But you are going to have to find a winning combination without Max Pacioretty. Arguably your best asset on the power play. So that is an interesting one for me. It truly is. But I think if you look at it objectively, understanding that being so far, so close to the cap for the Golden Knights the last two years, it has hindered a lot of what they could do, what they've been trying to do. It has been a strain in having to have shorten lineups for games and if you can find a way to get your RFAs taken care of if you decide to make that play for Riley Smith if you decide to make that play for Brett Howden and you believe that those players in your bottom six are going to improve they're going to get better they're going to find ways to to chip in a little bit more and then you are committed defensively 
then I don't think it's that much of a stretch to feel like the Golden Knights are right back in the playoff hunt, and this is a team that can do some damage. This is a team that can find a way to get themselves back to where they want to go. Winning is and will always be the objective here in Vegas. And I get that you want to see another name. I get that you want to see improvement. You feel like if you're going back to the well with the same lineup, absent Max Pacioretty, you're not improving. And you might be right. But if you tweak the way you play, and you get a full season out of Jack Eichel, and you don't know, you have no idea what Jack Eichel fully healthy, comfortable with a full training camp, what his what his ceiling can be. You have no clue. No clue. So what if the Golden Knights do actually get better by committing to defense and trusting in their generation they're generational, and, and I use that word not because I think Jack Eichel's on par with, an, with a Connor McDavid. They are going to the well with Jack Eichel as being that superstar, better-than-everyone caliber type of player. And so, if you trust that he's that, now is the time for Jack Eichel to take this team over. Yes, Mark Stone's the captain. Jack Eichel's their best player. And if you're going to play into the Golden Knights being a contender again, you're going to need Jack Eichel to be every bit the superstar you expected him to be when you made the blockbuster trade. That's really what it hinges on for the Golden Knights. I think if healthy, you know what you're getting out of Mark Stone. You know what you're going to get out of Riley Smith. There's a usefulness to Riley Smith in all the different ways that you can play him, all the different situations he will play. But really, this one is about Jack Eichel getting to the level you expected him to get to and being that guy for 82 games for this organization. Well, yeah, that's that's what you, you you need from him now. You need him to be that that eighty two point you know point a game scorer. Uh, you know, there I think there's an X factor in here though, and you did mention him, Chandler Stevenson. To me, is is a guy who now has an opportunity in front of him because he he showed that he was a a top six player. Now there's going to be an opportunity, I would imagine, for him to be a top six player. Is his ceiling now higher? Can he now maybe be that guy who helps fill the void? Because he showed last year he didn't need Pacioretty or Stone to to, to be mm-hmm. a, a really good NHL player. Now there's going to be an opportunity so- for him to step in and and maybe be the guy on the mm-hmm. on the on the line with with Eichel and Stone. I mean, is, is that something that now becomes a, a possibility? And how high now is the ceiling for Chandler Stevenson? Well, I think with Stevenson, you're probably moving him to the wing, right? Like if if Pacioretty, if this trade becomes official and and we're looking at it, we are trying to keep up on whether or not we see official word from the Vegas Golden Knights or the Carolina Hurricanes. To this point, nothing official has been released yet from either side or the NHL. Um, you're looking at Chandler Stevenson likely on the wing, 
right? Uh, potentially a top line of Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel, and Mark Stone. That, that, that would be kind of the, the, the jumping off point. Now, there are tweaks that you can make, like, and that would assume the Misfits stay together as your second line, and then you start to get into, okay, down the middle, is it going to be Brett Howden? Uh, is Nolan Patrick going to be healthy, ready to go? Nick or Nick Waugh is probably going to be that third line center. So Nick, uh, so Brett Howden slots in fourth line. So you're fine down the middle if you end up moving Chandler Stevenson to the wing. But the question for me is, do you go with old chemistry and keep the misfits together, or do you flip-flop your centers? If you're trying to get more out of William Carlson, do you put Carlson with Stone and with Stevenson? Because there's a lot of defensive responsibility on that line. That can be a nightmare. And then do you give Jack Eichel a true shooter in Jonathan Marcheseau? I think that there's odds and ends, and, and certainly there are pros and cons to both configurations but I do think that if the trade ends up officially being announced you're looking at Chandler Stevenson Mark Stone Jack Eichel and then the Misfits as part of the top six for the Vegas Golden Knights in what configuration that looks like I don't know but that's likely going to be going to be the top six that the Golden Knights go to uh, camp with next season yeah I, I I like the second pairing that that you brought up with with Carlson and Stone together and then and then given Eichel the shooter in in uh, uh, so so I, I I do kind of like I I think Bruce Cassidy will will probably toy with things a little bit you know we're now three coaches into this tenure I don't feel like he has to be married to the misfit line sure it, it, it's nostalgia and it's the original top line and it's the guys who were 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 the face of the franchise year one but mm-hmm. I think sometimes change is good. And I, I I know Bruce Cassidy is a really good coach. I mean, you don't make it this long in the NHL if you're not. And I I, I do think that there's a strong possibility that maybe he does mix things up. Look, you, you're, you're going to have to get creative because you're going to have to find ways to, to get the very best out of this team because, like you said, they, they're not going to be built to win games 5-4. So mm-hmm. how do you get across the finish line ahead of the other team? you got to get creative. Absolutely. The Golden Knights, as we've talked about here for the first uh, segment on the on the VGK Insider Show, there's a reported trade out there that the Vegas Golden Knights have sent Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin to the Carolina Hurricanes for future considerations. Again, nothing official yet from the Vegas Golden Knights or from the Carolina Hurricanes. Certainly had to that information out to you, but we will keep an eye on that if it does become an official trade, if it is officially announced by the Vegas Golden Knights or the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, we will bring that along. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at Johnny Gaudreau making his decision, and it's a shocker. You're probably not going to believe it. I didn't when I saw it, and I read it here live on the show. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I'm going to let this one breathe for a minute. VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Wednesday. Free agent frenzy. Oh, boy. It has been fun. I I can tell you right now, um, 
getting up at six o'clock in the morning and already feeling like I was behind. That was tough. That was a, a tough start to the day. But fortunately for me and fortunately for you and really anybody that's that's a fan of hockey, the news has been fairly spread out. But perhaps the biggest news of the day, not when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, because we, we dealt with that with, with the potential trade of Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin. Um, the biggest news of the day right now in the NHL is Johnny Hockey. Johnny Gaudreau has made his decision Johnny Gaudreau is now a proud member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, Chapman, you and I talked about this yesterday. We're going to get to the contract details. We're going to get to the last offer from the Calgary Flames, and we're, we're going to talk about Calgary. I promise you we're going to get there. Um, where, was, where were the Columbus Blue Jackets, in your opinion, in the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes? They were not even on the radar. <laughs> and, and 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 here's the reality. I guess that shows that Yarmo Kekalainen is a pretty damn good poker player because nobody, sure. nobody in their mind on the inside, on the outside, ever could have guessed that this is where the top free agent in the class of 2022 was going to end up. When I saw that tweet this morning from Aaron Portsline, who, who we, we've had on the show a mm-hmm. couple times, covers the Blue Jackets, when I saw that tweet from him, my heart sunk because part of me knew that if Goudreau did not sign with New Jersey to start the day, like if that was not like when you saw Claude Giroux signing and you saw, uh, you know, uh, Darcy Kemper signing and you saw all the other big name free agents one by one signing and you did not mm-hmm. see Johnny Goudreau to New Jersey, it started to make me wonder What's the holdup? Is he waiting for Philadelphia mm-hmm. to make cap space? Are they are they telling him they're going to do something? Oh, that wasn't going to happen. Or, or, was or was there something else? And then I saw that tweet from Portsline, and it was like I got punched in the gut because part of me knew, even though Portsline didn't say he, he was signing, the fact that there was mm-hmm. another team that was sort of on the East Coast that was all of a sudden a player, it was like I got punched in the gut. I'm like, oh, no, he's not going to New Jersey. So, Johnny Gaudreau makes the decision to sign on with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Seven-year deal, $9.5 million average annual value. Uh, that number is surprisingly low to me. Uh, 9.5 didn't seem like it was going to get done at all. It, it, didn't, it didn't look like it would get done at 9.5 in Calgary. I didn't expect that it would be 9.5 in in New Jersey, I've just assumed Johnny Gaudreau was likely going to get in the ballpark of $10 million. Are, are you as surprised at the actual cap hit um, as I am? Yes. Yeah, because when, when I see how much he turned down in, in Calgary, I was I was surprised that he wasn't getting at least $10 million from whoever he was going to sign. I, I thought for sure he was going to get upwards of, of 10 maybe 10 and a half. I didn't think he was going to sign for nine and a half, especially with, well, I mean, let's be honest, a, a team that has hemorrhaged star players over the last few years. I mean, we could go back to some of the really good players that have left Columbus, citing they wanted to play in a big market. And to see a, a, a star player leave a really good team and leave $10.5 million on the table plus an extra year to go play in Columbus for nine and a half it, it is a bit surprising 
You don't usually have a hometown discount for a new team in a small market, but that is the direction Johnny Gaudreau has decided to go. And and I think what makes this most interesting is it all felt it always felt like it was going to be Philly, it was going to be New Jersey, or one of the New York teams, whether it be the Rangers, whether it be the Islanders. Like when you talk about close to home. And, and when you talk about it being a family decision, when you talk about Johnny Gaudreau and some of the, the reasoning behind not signing with the Calgary Flames and make no mistake, leaving money on the table to do so, I, I, I just feel like Columbus came out of nowhere. Right, like Columbus came out of nowhere in this one because I, I, you know, it's closer to home, but it isn't home, right? It's not home for Johnny Gaudreau, but maybe it wasn't necessarily about being home. Maybe, maybe it was closer. Maybe it's the fit. Maybe it's wanting to play in a small market. I, I, I mean, listen, you have been in the mecca of hockey. As an American kid in Johnny Gaudreau, you're playing for the Calgary Flames. That is a pressure-packed situation to play hockey in Canada, period. Maybe, just maybe, Johnny Gaudreau wanted a little bit more anonymity, and I think he'll get that in Columbus for sure. It's possible that superstars just want to play hockey and not necessarily have to go with all the other things and all the pressure that comes along with playing in a massive market. Well, yeah, that that's a real possibility. And and as far as being close to home or or home, look, I mean it's 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 like a 6-hour drive from Philadelphia to Columbus. So it's not like super super far. Uh you can fly there in an hour from Philadelphia. So certainly it it's much much closer, but it 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 makes me wonder, you know, because you mentioned he wants to play hockey, but it also makes me question how much does he really want to win? And, and I'm not saying that had he gone to the Devils that that was a guarantee that he was going to put the Devils over the top and make them a Stanley Cup contender because it, it's likely they needed to make a few more moves to get there. But when you look at Columbus's cap situation and you look at the two big restricted free agents that they have, they're not going to be able to sign. They're, they're definitely not going to be able to sign both of them. And they well, may not even be able to sign one of them. And, and, so and, and what, is, what, is, what does he have around him if he doesn't have those two guys? I, I think more is coming from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right now they've got about $3.5 million in salary cap space. Uh, I certainly have to make a decision on Emil Bemstrom and Patrick Laine. Those are the big I? restricted... He is. Those are the big restricted free agents up front. Now, you've got good goaltending with Merzlikens and Corposalo, so I'm always going to err on the side of, okay, you've got a good goalie, you can win games on a night-to-night basis. I think that there will be enough that, that Jarmo Kekalainen can do to move salary out in order to make Patrick Laine work. And if I'm Patrick Laine, there's no way... There's no way I don't want to at least play a season or two with Johnny Gaudreau. Look at what happened for Matthew Kachuk this year. Like you, you don't think for a minute Patrick Laine can absolutely cash in, secure the bag if he gets a couple of seasons with Johnny Gaudreau. Patrick Laine with a hundred go- with a hundred point season and maybe a forty goal year is going to make a ton of money. Allow Johnny Gaudreau to do that for you if you're Patrick Laine. That just makes sense to me. So I think Laine will get done, and if you've got a one-two punch of Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine, and then you start to look at the rest of the roster with with the, what the, the Columbus Blue Jackets have, 
I think they're going to be a little bit better than maybe you're giving them credit for. Contender? Absolutely not. But a team that can potentially knock on the door of the playoffs? Yeah, sure. And I think you could make the argument that up until this past season, the Calgary Flames were in the exact same boat. You have no idea what you're going to get out of Calgary until they make the playoffs, and then they make the playoffs as a bona fide number one in the Pacific Division, and they looked absolutely out of sorts and terrible in the playoffs. So I don't necessarily think that this is a decision where Johnny Gaudreau is precluding himself from winning. I just think it might take a little bit of time, but if you can convince Patrick Lyon to get on board with this, and not to mention the fact that Columbus did pick up defenseman Eric Goodbranson, so a little bit more sandpaper there on the back end. It's a high contract, 4 by 4 for Eric Goodbranson. That's a choice. It is, but there's familiarity there with Goodbranson and Goudreau. You've got a little bit better defensively, and now you are you have arguably gotten better up front. I don't think the Columbus Blue Jackets are done. I do think that they can win. I don't think they can win a Stanley Cup, but I think they'll be in and around the playoffs. Well, yeah, and and you look at their cap situation, and and there's a guy that maybe in Gustav Nyquist they could move out, right? Heading into the last year of his deal, he's relatively inexpensive at at five and a half million. Maybe there's a team in the market for a guy like that, you know, a guy who's a proven goal scorer. But I I, 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 I looked at the Goodbranson signing, and I I said, you know, it's it's not a terrible signing. He's a guy who who signed late last year, uh, had a really good year in Calgary, but I don't think he was playing top four pairing minutes in, in Calgary. I think he was a, a five, six guy. So there's a big ask, I think, for him now because he's he's getting paid like a top four defenseman. So I think that Columbus is absolutely going to rely on him to be that guy. But I, I I wonder if if the vision down the future was what was sold to, to Johnny Goudreau because – You've got some really good young players. Like Cole Sillinger was in the league last year at 18 years old. I mean, he was drafted in in whenever the draft was, and he was playing in the league almost instantaneously at 18 years old. There, there's some good players, mm-hmm. good young players. I, I I look at a guy like Roslovic. I mean, he's a guy who who seems to have a ton of potential. Uh, you know, you're going to have a couple big contracts come off the books next year or in two years in in Voracek. I mean, he's he's you're going to have at least two years with with him if you're Johnny Goudreau and. I, I I just wonder if if it was not a short term vision, and maybe it's a longer plan. And and like you said, they've got goal, good goaltending. I mean, Merzlikens is a really good goalie. So, um, I don't know. It, it's certainly interesting. It, it was one of those that that kind of caught me off guard. I mean, it's not like he he maybe he just wants to play in anonymity. I I, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know him. So I I I, I thought for sure he was going to go big market, but. Hey, good for Columbus. I, I, I like to see small market teams pull off coups, and, and I think that they mm-hmm. absolutely pulled the coup off. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big win for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It is, however, a, a big blow to the Calgary Flames, as Pierre Lebrun reports that Calgary's last offer to Johnny Gaudreau was eight years, $10.5 million a season. That is a lot of money for Goudreau to leave on the table, but it gives you an idea that it all that it wasn't about money for Johnny Goudreau, and that's proven out in seeing the actual contract he signed today with the Columbus Blue Jackets coming out of nowhere, landing the biggest fish in free agency. Johnny Goudreau, 7 by 9.5 to the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to reset a little bit. Then we're going to get into hour number two in which we talk about the Calgary Flames. What's next? What do they do with Matthew Kachuk? Uh, 
And is this really kind of the beginning of the end for the Calgary Flames and a window that looked wide open last year, all of a sudden slamming shut? It's the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. VGK Insider Show, a couple of notes here just as we're seeing them trickle through, Cap Friendly has Brett Howden signing a one-year, $1.5 million contract with the Vegas Golden Knights. And goaltender Michael Hutchinson, a one-year deal. It's a two-way contract, $750,000 at the NHL level, uh, $400,000 at the AHL level. It's a $750,000 cap hit on Michael Hutchinson to the Golden Knights. Um you know, it, we'll we'll keep an eye on on this as as things continue to develop for the Vegas Golden Knights. As we've talked about early on in the show today, that there is a a potential trade out there right now. Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coglin to the Carolina Hurricanes for future considerations. Nothing has been officially released from either Carolina, Vegas and nothing official yet from the NHL. So as we continue to monitor that, we will bring you any updates as we see them. But also, it looks like the Vegas Golden Knights have have come to an agreement with Brett Howden and goaltender Michael Hutchinson, and also a point of clarification, as it appears now, the Johnny Gaudreau average annual value is $9.75 million as opposed to $9.5 million. But those are kind of the the brief updates and, and corrections here on the VGK Insider Show. When we come back, hour number two is all about transactions and all about the, the, the fun nature of free agent frenzy, I'm telling you. I don't think I've been this tired. I don't think I've stared at a screen more to more than I have today in quite a long time. Um, we're all in it together. We're getting to the we're getting to the finish line. I promise you. It's the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 